Welcome everyone to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Dr. Shannon Ritchie. I'm a physical therapist and fitness instructor. And today we're going to talk about why and how to take a reset week if you're going through a plateau. But before we get into it, if you could just take a quick second and leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, you can hit follow and hit the notifications button so that you're notified when we release new episodes, which is every Thursday. And if you're watching on YouTube, just subscribe to our channel. And also I want to say that in the show notes of this uh, podcast, I will leave seven free classes that you can take, you can keep, and we just refreshed those classes. So all the classes are new, or at least most of them are new. So you can experience some different classes. If you've been taking those classes for a while, go and um, download them again, and they will be all fresh new classes. Okay. So let's talk about a reset week. Reset weeks can be very helpful if you're doing any exercise program, even if you're an Evlo member and you know that you're not overusing your muscles. If you feel like you're hitting a plateau, I really encourage you to take one of these. And today I'll talk about why to take a reset week and kind of how your muscles adapt. We'll talk about how reset weeks can actually move you forward. We'll talk about some indications that in your own body that might be a little red flag that maybe it's time to take a reset week. And I'll give you my recommendations for what to do and what not to do during that reset week. So let's start by talking about how the body adapts to exercise and the best ways to slowly add muscle without hurting yourself, because it's a slow process. If you try to rush it, you're not going to end up with good results. The most important thing in any exercise routine is loading your muscles so they get stronger. And this requires progressive overload or slowly adding more resistance or more volume as your muscles get stronger. So let's explain this a bit more. And I go into detail about this in a podcast I did a while back. It's called muscle confusion or progressive overload, which works best. So if you want to get into this a little bit more, you can go back and listen to that podcast. So your muscles know two things primarily. They know how to contract and they know how to relax. Some positions are more optimal for loading muscles than others are just based on physics but your muscles don't necessarily get used to a certain position of loading and just stop improving. Because for each muscle group, there are a set of exercises that work that muscle group the best based on physics principles that I've talked about in past episodes. And therefore, those exercises create the most desirable change in those muscles. And These are the exercises that you'll see frequently in the Evelyn membership, right? Like things like step ups for the glutes, um, reverse Nordic curls for the quads and skull crushers for the triceps and so on. So since there are certain movements that are better for targeting muscles, doing a less desirable movement for that specific muscle will result in less desirable outcomes, right? So either a lower stimulus to the muscle, a less optimal or less effective stimulus to the muscle and or joint strain. So muscles are loaded the best when a few things happen. Number one, the movement is bringing the origin of the muscle towards the insertion of the muscle. You have to have one of those two points anchored and either the origin is moving towards the insertion or the insertion is moving towards the origin. So if both are moving, it's like a cat chasing its tail and it's not super effective. 
let's use the example of a slingshot. So when you <laughs> slingshot something, you hold the base of the slingshot and then you pull the rubber band back, right? And so the, the base of the slingshot has to stay stationary and you pull back on, on the rubber band. If you were to move both the handle and the rubber band towards each other, then whatever you're launching isn't gonna go as far, right? So one of those has to anchor down and stay stationary and the other one has to pull. The same thing works with your muscles. One point has to stay stationary-ish or for the, as, as stationary as you can and the other point has to move towards it. And this involves knowing some anatomy. Again, I try to cue these things a lot in my classes so that you know, okay, this is where your tricep inserts. You keep this really stationary and just move at the elbow or whatever it might be. So that's number one, the movement has to bring the origin towards the insertion. Number two, the force. So either uh, a weight or a band or a cable or your body weight or whatever, whatever resistance you're using is actually loading that muscle. And I know that sounds obvious, but there are so many common exercises in the fitness industry that we think just because we're flexing a certain muscle that that's what's working. But muscles have to be opposite position loaded in order to in order for that resistance that you're using to actually be benefiting the muscle. So an example of an exercise that we think is targeting a certain muscle, but it's actually not, is Russian twists. So you're seated, you're kind of in like a, a V position with your body and you're, you have a weight in your hand or a, a med ball or whatever it is, and you're kind of twisting side to side. And although you might feel your obliques because you're doing the twisting motion, the weight that you're holding isn't actually loading the obliques, it's loading more of like the arms and the deltoids. Because in order to load the obliques, the force has to come from sideways, not straight down. So that's an example of an exercise that kind of feels like it might be targeting a certain muscle, but the weight that you're holding isn't actually targeting the muscle that you're trying to target. So that's, that's number two. So number one, the origin, the origin has to stay still and the insertion moves towards the origin or the other way around. And number two, the load or the force that you're using actually has to be loading that muscle. We can't just flex the muscle, right? The force has to actually be loading it. Number three, the strength profile of the muscle and the resistance curve match. If you're like, whoa, what the heck? I've talked about this in a lot of other episodes. We're not gonna get into it too much today because we have a lot to talk about. But basically what this means is each exercise or movement has kind of like a sticking point, right? That point that feels like, oh, this is, this is really hard right here, and then it gets easier. So that sticking point we want to be when the muscle is longer or in its middle range of motion. So that's when we know that's an effective exercise. Again, that takes knowing some anatomy. It takes understanding, you know, where in this range of motion is, is the movement the most challenging. And we want to match those two things together. Uh, an example, and this is called either early phase loading or late phase loading. An example of an early phase loaded exercise, which is good, which is what we want, is a step up. So in a step up for your glutes, the hardest part of the movement is when you're at the bottom of the movement, going to step up, right, and straighten your hip. And this is the point when the glute is more lengthened and has more ability to generate force. So not only is this more effective for loading your muscles, it's more joint friendly because your muscles are physically stronger when they're more lengthened. Okay, and then the last thing is that surrounding structures like cartilage, discs, ligaments, bursa, rotator cuff muscles, bones, 
are at little or no risk of rupture or damage. And again, this seems like an obvious thing, but there are certain exercises that just from a mechanic standpoint might put some of these structures at risk. An example is, and this isn't for everyone, but for many people, an example is an upright row. So an upright row is when you kind of have your palms in front of you, you're holding a weight and you kind of bend your your elbows up, bring your hands up towards your shoulders. And the reason this is problematic for many people, again, not everyone, depending on the bones, the structure of your shoulder, is because the arm bone internally rotates and elevates. And when this happens, you're more likely to have a a bone on your scapula called your acromion process impinge kind of down onto the structures of the shoulder. And this can cause inflammation in the front side of the shoulder and pain. So that's just an example. So again, when we have these few things, again, the the origin is still, and the insertion is moving towards the origin or vice versa. Number two, the force or the resistance you're using is actually loading the muscle. Number three, the strength profile of the muscle and the resistance curve match. Again, we want those early phase loaded exercises. And then number four, surrounding structures are at least risk of injury or damage. So when those few things happen, you've got an optimal exercise that will load your muscles with less risk of straining your joints. Okay, so those few things need to happen. And when they do, we can start to progressively overload, right? We can start to add more weight. We can start to add more reps. You can start to see your body change, your muscles build. So here's how progressive overload works. When you're new to a workout program, you'll find that there's a period of coordination and motor learning that's involved. You're trying to coordinate and you're really focused on your form and you're really listening to everything the instructor or your personal trainer or whoever is saying, and you're really trying to, you, you got to focus really hard on the movement itself. And at this point, you generally can't use a ton of resistance and your body might feel super sore the next day. That's because your body is learning new movements, which is more likely to cause soreness. New different movements that your body isn't used to is one of those reasons that your body will feel sore the next day. So after about a month or so, and you're doing the same routine, you're doing the same program, let's say you're doing Evlo, after about a month or so, the soreness will start to diminish, but that doesn't mean the effectiveness is going away. Soreness has very little to do with effectiveness. But after about that month or so, um, you'll start to notice that the weights that you were using initially feel really light or maybe they, you know, not really light, but you feel like you could do more, right? You feel like, okay, I've got my form down. I've got the movement down. I can start to lift a little heavier weight. And this is because you've gone through a period of motor learning where your nervous system has become more efficient at a movement and you can lift heavier weights or do more repetitions. Again, this is neural learning. During this neural learning period, your strength picks up very rapidly. So within about a month or so, you might find that you can lift more weight than you could when you began. After this period, this is when a lot of people start to drop off or get discouraged because you aren't getting sore like you did in the beginning, but this is where the change starts to happen. After about two to three months of progressive overload where you're monitoring your body, you're slowly adding more weight or more repetitions you'll start to see your body adapt because your brain has to focus less on coordinating that movement and can focus more on producing output in your muscles. And let me just back up one second and say, when you're progressive overloading, you wanna do this very slowly. 
I always say you should feel pretty fatigued after every exercise. You should feel like maybe you only have like three or four reps before you couldn't do any more. And if you're not getting to that point every set, it might be time to either flex harder and focus more or add a little bit more weight. And I recommend adding you know, two or three pounds. Um, sometimes for lower body, you can go up by five, but for upper body, especially in the beginning, I recommend going up very slowly. You don't want to jump up five or 10 pounds right away. So if you're doing an exercise that specifically targets a muscle group with at least two to three days in between for recovery, your muscle is repaired to be stronger. Over time, you can progressively lift more and or do more repetitions without getting fatigued. And again, this, this process takes time and patience, but eventually you get to a point where you're happy with the muscle definition in your body and you can move into a maintenance phase. So I, I get this sometimes with my members. They're like, I feel like I'm good in my arms. Like I don't like I'm happy with the definition. I feel really strong. My joints feel happy. I just want to maintain this now great. I think that's a great place to be. You just keep the same weight and the same repetitions, right? So you're not continually going up in weight. And that's, that's totally fine to be there because if you don't use it, you lose it. A lot of people want to like stop working that those muscle groups altogether. Please don't do that. Continue to work your muscle groups. Um, but you just don't have to push it. You can just keep the same volume. So let's say you're past that point where you're new to a program, you've been consistent for maybe months now, and you're noticing you're not able to add more weight or more volume. In essence, you've hit a plateau. You're like, huh, this is weird. Or sometimes what happens is you almost feel weaker. You're like, I've been super consistent, but this 15 that felt pretty good you know, a few weeks ago is actually starting to feel a lot heavier. Like what gives, what's going on? So let me just first say that plateaus are very common and there's nothing to panic about, but it's about learning how to navigate that plateau that will either, you know, push you forward or move you backwards. Everyone's going to be a little bit different with this. So it's just about getting curious in your own body and playing around with things. The reset week is super effective and I found it to be effective with many of my members and myself but it may or may not be what you need. So again, being open to playing around, don't get frustrated if the reset week isn't what's for you, but I do find that it works very well for most people. Also, you might find that you need longer than a week, right? So if you've taken the week and you get back and, and you're still like feeling like you're not able to lift more, maybe you need a bit longer. If you've really been killing it, sometimes that two week break can be very, very effective. So here's what a plateau looks like. Let's get into this a bit more. So you've been working out consistently and, you know, hard for three, four or five days a week or more for 12 or more weeks. The first month or two or more, maybe you noticed your workouts getting easier and you could lift heavier and use more resistance. But when you notice that you're doing the same workouts or the same routine each week, but you aren't, but those workouts aren't feeling any easier or they're feeling harder you aren't able to lift more, right? And when people feel this happening, they often do one of a few things. First off, they panic and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so consistent. This is so frustrating. What do I do? Don't panic. This is a physiological mechanism that happens to, I would say, almost everyone that exercises. So it's part of the process, don't worry. But here's some mistakes that I see people make. 
Number one, they try to mix up their routine. This may feel effective, but it's not actually as effective as it feels because you might feel sore the next day. But again, this is because of neural adaptation, not necessarily because you're loading your muscles more effectively. So you may mix up what exercises you're doing and feel sore or feel like, Ooh, yeah, I really did something. But the reason those new lifts feel harder again is because of that neural adaptation, not because those exercises were necessarily loading your muscles more effectively. I know I'm repeating myself, but sometimes I think that hearing it twice is really helpful. If you've ever tried to learn a new skill, you know that it takes a lot of coordination. When your brain is learning a new skill, it has to focus really hard. You have to have like all hands on deck, right? And it's difficult. It's challenging. Coordination and strength are two different processes within your body, and they don't necessarily have to go together. So If your brain is so busy focusing on coordinating your movements, it won't be as focused on producing force in your muscles and you won't won't be able to load your muscles as much or as effectively. So the outcome might be that you're better at a certain movement, but it might not result in optimal stimulus to that muscle tissue. Because remember, progressive overload comes from kind of doing similar movements, the most choosing the most effective movements for each muscle group, and then slowly adding more volume and more strength. So your body doesn't have to relearn a new movement and start over from that neural adaptation point. So if improving strength and muscle definition in your body is your goal, which is what I really do recommend for anyone who's exercising or anyone period, right? Having more muscles just makes you a a healthier being. Constantly challenging your coordination and your motor learning cortex can actually inhibit this outcome or maybe not be as optimal um, if your goal is strength and muscle definition. Because again, progressive overload works best when your nervous system has already adapted to that movement and you can focus more on loading your muscles and focus less on just trying to coordinate the movement. So you can try this for yourself. And I've I've talked about this in other podcasts, but try doing bicep curls with both feet flat on the ground and, and go as heavy as you can and do as many reps as you can. And then give your body some rest and then try to do bicep curls on one leg. And you might notice that you're able to either do less repetitions or less weight when you're trying to coordinate more because your brain has to focus on coordinating and balancing your entire body and doing a bicep curl. So your muscular output actually declines. That means that your biceps get less quality work and the results aren't as ideal. So if you want to work on your coordination, I think that's awesome. We work on coordination a lot, actually in our, in our cardio classes where we're not, our our goal in our cardio classes isn't necessarily to load the muscles. It's to get the heart rate up and improve coordination. I think that's awesome. But if you want to work on your strength, work on your strength. I don't recommend meshing the two because you end up just getting diminishing benefits from from both of those things instead of getting better outcomes from just doing them separately. So to create change and adaptation in your muscles, your movements don't have to be super creative. It just has to load the muscle in the direction that muscle contracts, like I talked about earlier. Okay. So that was the first mistake that I made. That was kind of a long, or that I often see that was kind of a long winded way to say that, but it's very tempting to want to mix up your routine. And that's not necessarily what I recommend. The second thing people will do, the second kind of mistake people will make 
is they'll increase the volume of their workouts. So they'll even, they'll either do a longer workout or they'll add more workouts and doing more sets is a way to get stronger. Don't get me wrong. Increasing your volume is a way to progressively over overload. But I sometimes caution this because I think a big reason for plateauing is because your body actually needs a little bit more rest and adding more and more and more may just make the problem worse and leave you vulnerable to injury. I will say again, sometimes volume is more volume is exactly what you need. And I'll say this in my classes. Like if you don't feel completely cooked after class, just rewind the class and take another set. That's always an option there for you. But I do recommend that if you do feel like you're plateauing or you're regressing to take that reset week first to rule out that your body just needs, you know, some extra time to get stronger. That might, that might be all it needs is just a little extra time. And if that reset week, if you find that that wasn't really effective for you, then maybe we can start to add more volume, but let's rule out the reset week first. Okay. So Number one mistake is mixing it up. Number two is trying to just increase the volume and do more, more, more. Number three, which is similar, is people will try to add more cardio or more faster movements. And this is one of those like shiny object things that I caution against as well, because just because something feels faster and harder doesn't mean that it's more effective. Yes, we want to challenge, but we want to challenge in the right places, i.e. your muscles, right? We want to load our muscles effectively. If you're just adding cardio to just ramp up the intensity, but you aren't intentionally loading your muscles, this could further dampen the effects of your workouts. Because again, maybe your body is actually needing rest and recovery. And if we just add more of that cardio, it might be exacerbating the problem. So again, what I actually recommend is to take a week off exercise and just walk or do mobility and meditate and don't worry about burning calories. Take a week to eat super clean and sleep well. So why, why do I recommend this? The benefits from your workouts happen after the workouts, not during the workouts. And maybe that seems basic to some of you, but maybe not to some of you. It might be kind of like, what? Your workouts are breaking you down. The time after your workouts is what's building you up. The workout is the stimulus that breaks down your muscles and your tissues after your workout. And with proper rest and nutrition, your body adapts by building you back up to baseline and hopefully stronger if you have enough recovery. If your body is hitting that plateau, you may even experience some symptoms of overtraining. Um, Some of these symptoms are constantly sore muscles, unstable mood, poor sleep, and sometimes even weight gain. Overtraining happens because of circulating immune cells that are an overdrive trying to heal your body from all of the stimulus and all of the damage. What happens is your hormone production drops, you end up not sleeping well, and your body is truly not in a state to benefit from the workouts that you're actually doing. So overtraining And again, this is a reason why I don't just recommend doing more and more and more because overtraining is actually counterproductive. If you're in this state, it's definitely worth taking a week or maybe even two weeks just off of challenging workouts. 
even if you're not experiencing overtraining yet, but you do feel like you're hitting this plateau or you are like slightly regressing and your workouts are just feeling harder, even though you're using the same amount of weight before you add more volume, before you mix it up, before you try to add cardio, try the reset week first. During this week off, your muscles and tendons can fully repair themselves, meaning that when you get back to the gym, your able or your workouts, you're actually able to lift more and have an even more effective workout. Because sometimes muscles can take up to weeks to fully recover. So if you've been at it, you know, for 12 weeks or longer, it could mean that okay, your body needs some extra space to heal. And This happened to me recently. This happened to many of my members that I've encouraged them to take a week off when they're hitting plateaus. They come back the next week and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm actually able to lift a lot more than I could two weeks ago. And again, this is because your body has now laid down new tissue to make you stronger. Many people worry that they'll lose the muscle development that they've worked so hard for, but studies show that it takes a lot longer than just one week to lose muscle. Studies show that it actually takes about four to six weeks of completely bed bed rest, complete bed rest to see noticeable muscle breakdown. So that's not something that we need to worry about. Again, sometimes that week can build you up, not break you down. So let's go over some signs that might indicate that it's time to take a reset week. And then we'll go over what that reset week could look like. So if you've been consistently training for 12 or more weeks, but number one, you're not really feeling the muscle burn, but you can't lift a heavier weight. So this happened to me recently with bicep curls. I was using the same weight that I had been for months, but I wasn't actually feeling my biceps. Like I wasn't feeling that satisfying, like flex and burn. And yet I couldn't increase my weight. And my guess is, is because of inflammation blocking proper signaling to my biceps. So what I did is I took a week where I did really light bicep work. Like I wasn't really challenging my my biceps very much. And then this week when I came back to working my biceps again, my biceps were like cooked. Like I I lifted the same amount of weight that I had been for the past few months and I finally felt that satisfying kind of flex. So if you're in that, this can happen often with the glutes, glutes are one or, or abdominals. Those are, those are a couple muscle groups that people find like, I just don't like feeling that satisfying burn. Like, yes, I'm going through the reps. Yes. I'm using weight, but I just don't really feel it flexing as much. This could mean that it's time for a reset week. Number two, your joints start to ache. So this can be a sign that your muscles aren't firing adequately again, possibly because they need extra time to recover. Number three, if you're having trouble progressively overloading during your workout. So again, you're having trouble adding more weight or more volume, and you've been doing the same amount of weight or reps for months, and you just can't seem to go any heavier. This is a plateau indication that it might be time to take a break and fully let yourself recover. And then lastly, if you're feeling tighter than usual, when your body is inflamed because the rest isn't equal to the stimulus, which they have to be equal in order for your body to actually build up, your nervous system will tighten tissues around your joints in order to keep you safe. In this circumstance, the solution isn't to just stretch more and potentially open yourself up to ranges of motion that your muscular system can't control. The solution is to look into why you're tight. 
And in this case, specifically, your tightness could be because your body just needs some extra time to recover. Again, you might find that taking a week off, you feel a lot looser the next week. So again, these are the four indications that you could look for that could be, uh, be an indication that it's time to take a reset week. So number one, you're doing the exercise, but you're not really feeling the muscle burn. Number two, you're starting to feel your joints ache. Number three, you're having trouble adding more volume and or weight and progressively overloading. And number four, you're feeling tighter than usual. So if you're checking one or more of those boxes and you want to see if a reset week could help you take you to the next level, here's my recommendation for what a reset week could look like. So a few key things that you wanna focus on. Number one, eat clean. I try not to give nutrition advice, but Catherine Andrew, who is a functional registered dietitian, has an excellent program in the Evlo membership where she walks you through some awesome tools. And I've actually been using these tools in my daily life and they've made such a difference in uh, my cravings, in my energy levels, in my sleep, et cetera. But overall, with your nutrition during this reset week, we wanna try to eat whole, unprocessed foods as much as we can. So eat clean. Number two is to sleep, obviously, but your body recovers the most when you sleep. So if you wanna get the most out of this reset week, we wanna make sure that we're really taking care of ourselves. Sleeping seven to eight hours or more. And also with keep this in mind that alcohol can oftentimes get in the way of quality sleep. So again, just something to keep in mind. Number three, meditation and mobility in place of the time that you would be working out. It's important for your body to move. Motion is lotion. Right? So this isn't like a lay on the couch and just like be a couch potato week. We still want to move our body. And in the Epla membership, we have tons of mobility classes. And we're also, this is super exciting. We're also doing a seven day meditation week where each of the teachers in the Epla membership will be teaching short meditations every day. And meditation can absolutely boost muscle recovery because it aids in transitioning your nervous system into a parasympathetic state. And this is the state where your body recovers and heals tissue. So during this week, we definitely want to get ourselves into that parasympathetic nervous system state so that you're making the most out of that reset week. A daily meditation, even five to 10 minutes can make a huge difference in your reset week. And again, we're going to be walking you through meditations in the Evelyn membership coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. I'll make sure to announce that date, uh, but we'll be doing five to, 10 five to 10 minute meditations every day. And then finally, during this reset week, we want to walk. Again, we want the benefits of movement like improved cognition, improved blood flow, improved mood, but without the additional stress to your nervous system and to your muscular system so that you're not getting in the way of your recovery. So this means leisurely walks are great to add in. Again, we're not huffing and puffing. We're not like going hard, easy, leisurely, calming walks, even if it's just 10 minutes. A great combo of meditation, mobility, and walking is to do this. So I would start with a short mobility class, like a 10-minute mobility class on the Evelyn membership. You can choose any of them you want. doesn't really matter. And then maybe go for like a five to 10 minute easy walk and then end with a meditation. So that's about 30 minutes, which is about how long the Evlo workouts are anyway. So if you do that, you know, four, three, four or five days a week during your reset week, that would be a great thing to do.
All right, here's what I don't recommend doing during this week. Number one, I don't recommend adding cardio because you think you just need to burn calories because you're afraid that taking out your workouts for a week will make you gain weight. I feel like I've talked about this so much. If you want to learn more, you can go to my episode called Debunking that burning calories leads to faster weight loss. And we talk about how burning calories has very little to do with weight loss. But remember, weight gain comes from food abundance, not from working out less. So this isn't something that you should be worried about. If you're eating really clean during your reset week, we're not adding more cardio. Again, adding more cardio, you know, pretty much reduces the benefits. There's no point to do your reset week if you're going to do a bunch of cardio. Second thing that I caution against doing during this week is overstretching. So even though it feels good and it can get you into that relaxed parasympathetic nervous system state, stretching can be stressful to muscles and tendons. So during your reset week, we want to place as little stress through the muscles as possible so your body has every opportunity to build those muscles back up. And then lastly, something that I caution against is foam rolling or other recovery tools. I know there's like massage guns, whatever. Foam rolling can be helpful for some people, but again, it can often be too much, which can inflame the tissues and end up setting you back. So um, cardio, overstretching, foam rolling recovery tools, those are some kind of things that I caution against during the reset week. I've heard so many members who have tried this reset week and they've come back to class the next week. They were able to lift more. They felt more stable. They felt more energized during their workouts and they were able to get past that plateau. So if this works well for you, if you try this reset week and it works well for you, honestly, I would recommend scheduling it into your workouts like every 12 weeks or so, or you can just do it by feel. If you feel like maybe you're hitting a plateau, maybe take a reset week. A great time to do this is on vacation too, right? Just don't even worry about working out on your vacation. We will make sure to save the seven days of meditation to the membership so that you can come back to it again if you'd like, if you want to take another reset week. If you're an Evla member and you want to try the reset week, we are doing seven days of meditation. Oh, I wrote it down. Seven days of meditation, which is starts on October 24th, uh, 2021. I realize people could be watching this potentially next year, October 24th, 2021, and it's ending the 30th. We will be teaching all of our workout classes still that week, but it might be a great week for you to take off, just do the meditations, mobility, and walk. And then all of you Evlo members can kind of do it together and post in the Facebook group about your experiences and and everything. Don't feel FOMO. Um, I I understand this reset week might not be for everyone, so we're still going to have our workout classes. Don't feel have fear of missing out about the workout classes. It's okay to miss a week if you need to. So my messaging is to educate you as much as I can and try to do my part in rewiring our brains so that we don't have to just do more and more and more in order to be fit. Our bodies just don't work that way. So if you want to do the reset week, let me know how it goes. I would love to hear your experiences. I know it's worked really well for me and a lot of my members. And if you're ready to join Evlo, if you're not already a member, we would love to have you. Um, if you're not sure if the method would work for you, there's seven free classes. Again, I will put it in the show notes. You can try those seven free classes. You can take them again and again. You can progressively overload those classes, right? And just add more weight. Even if you never join the membership, uh, you could just take those classes again and again. All right, everyone. That is all. Try the reset week. Let me know how you do. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye.